0: rub it up and welcome to cars yeah show number 2341 today we're gonna have some fun some visual fun automotive exposures you'll understand what i mean be prepared to be inspired this is cars yeah where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts mark green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Well, guess where I am today? I'm in Nottingham, home of Robin Hood in the UK, way across the pond, with a very special guest by the name of Simon Wright. Simon, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch?
1: I am. Thank you, Mark.
0: All right. Good to have you here. Now, I should say ready to release the bow since where you live is the home of Robin Hood, which is pretty <laughs> cool, that, that fable that we all read when, when we were kids. Before we get into what you're doing, which I find wonderful because I love photography and creativity and art and all of that, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Simon Wright.
1: Well, uh, I'd say I've been thinking about this. What have I done that's a bit obscure? Um, <laughs> I'm quite into traveling, so I've, I've, done, um, I've hiked to Everest Base Camp. I think in the world of cars, uh, the most obscure thing I did was the Mongol Rally in, in 2015. Oh, my gosh. Me and uh, three friends drove a Fiat Doblo from uh, Goodwood. to um, We made it to Uzbekistan. Um, and then the car kind of clapped out and I, I ran out of money at that point. So I was between jobs and kind of winging it. But yeah, we went all the way through Europe, um, stopped off at Prague and places like that. Georgia, Azerbaijan, we got, went from Baku across the Caspian Sea. Over to Turkmenistan and then made it to Uzbekistan. Some of the guys carried on to Mongolia, but I was kind of done. It was it's such a long time to spend in a car with four of the guys. And, uh, <laughs> no kidding.
0: Now, what was the car again you were in?
1: It was a Fiat Doblo, so plenty of headroom. I mean, I'm six foot three and I was the third tallest guy in that, which is 191 centimeters. Um, so that's, um, yeah, third tallest guy out of the four so we needed something like that but it was only 1.2 litre about 65 horsepower I think so it's not really a lot when you've got four big lads and loads of uh, gear and stuff in in the back um but we were one of about 500 cars on the rally so um it's not it's not so much a race the Mongol rally it's more if you can actually make it there and I didn't unfortunately didn't make it to Mongolia so uh I would like to do it again uh, probably in a Nissan Micra um like an orig- original one I think it'd be quite Sort of an early, like late 90s micro, maybe, because I've heard that quite uh, sturdy, but only with one other person. I wouldn't want to do it with four. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine four four grown men in that little car going that distance. Uh, you guys <laughs> must have liked each other.
1: We did. On and off. I mean, it got a bit intense <laughs> yeah. at times. Some people wanted to stay up till very late getting drunk. And then some of the same people wanted to get up at 6am because we had to meet a border crossing. So it's kind of like, and, and yeah, so there's a lot of, it got quite intense at times, but it was, uh, but overall it was an adventure. And I think, yeah, it's kind of, it wasn't a holiday really. It was, uh, you kind like of needed a holiday at the end of it, but it was, <laughs> yeah, it was an adventure. And uh, yeah, we went to some crazy places like Darvaza, which is the gates of hell in Turkmenistan, which is a, a fire pit that was created, I think, in the Soviet era, and there's just uh, they set fire to this gas coming out from the earth, and it's it's been roaring ever since for about 20 something years, I think. So uh, that was really cool. I Whose
0: idea was that? Don't
1: know, but they've had a few people go down in those metal suits um but we were we were sort of stood on the edge slightly drunk and i was thinking yeah. i need to be careful where i put my feet here kind of thing. So, but uh, it was um, yeah. but yeah it was it was really really cool trip and um i'd love to do more stuff like that money no object totally. there's so many um there's so many road trips i'd love love to do
0: that's amazing. Well, next time, next time, I think I'll put you in a Bentley a Molinar Batur. I think you'll travel in style, maybe go a little faster and be a little more Yeah, that'd be so,
1: fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah. OK, I'll get that set up for you. Let me introduce you here. Simon Wright is the founder of Limited 100, an online store that specializes in handcrafted automotive wall art. Being an automotive enthusiast, as we just heard he is, from a very young age, Simon was inspired to start Limited 100 because he felt there was a gap in the market for the world's car enthusiasts who love imagery limited 100 grew from one artist who was Paul Ward to six artists including Tim Wallace who was at one point McLaren's official photographer and more recently Johan Weiderstrom if I say his name correctly who is Saab's official photographer the business has grown organically with artists approaching him rather than the other way around he now has more than 400 different artworks on his site the aim being to offer an image of every interesting car and motorbike that has ever existed we'll learn a lot more about simon and limited 100 but first a word from our kind sponsors give them a little listen and we'll be right back and watch your step if you're around the gates of hell Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up. But my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866 aci Yeah, that's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson? the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Carja yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. So Simon, we are back. So I want to go back to the beginning of this concept of what you've created uh, because I find it wonderful providing these uh, beautiful images for those of us who love cars and bikes. But how did this all start?
1: Um, It started actually during lockdown. So I work in uh, marketing for a uh, logistics company uh, in the UK and we had a sort of driver shortage. So I'm normally behind a laptop screen in my job. In sort of digital marketing side of marketing, um, but we had a, yeah we had a van uh, courier driver shortage, so I was out driving, um, meeting all these online retailers that we collect from, and I kind of had a bit of a bit of an idea. Um, I got a feel for how online retailers work, and how um, I thought maybe you know it can't be that difficult. And, and also at the same time, I'd recently moved into my first house, um, and I was looking for a picture of a Lamborghini Miura um, so I was having a bit of a green theme in my kitchen. And um, I thought I really like the idea, and I went on Google and looked at different pictures of Miuras, and I came across an image by Paul Ward, which you can now see on our website. It's called Lamborghini Miura at Prescott Hillcline. I got in touch with Paul and said, "So how much would you want, you know, as royalty for me to print this and frame it?" And then, and then I just had a bit of a brainwave, and I thought, you know, I've got a background in marketing, I've always been into cars, I've always struggled to find an idea for a valid, because I think with a lot of online stores a lot of them are selling other people's products, whereas I thought we need we need a unique product. And I've always been inspired by the luxury sector. Uh, my first job out of uni was for Argo Rangemaster, who are a luxury oven manufacturer. So I've always been sort of fascinated by the sort of that end of the market. Um, and what drives people to, to purchase people who really appreciate quality and things that are made by hand um, and then I came across a, a printing and framing specialist in in Nottingham who I now partner with and, and we do everything I've had to source all the the packaging and everything like that, the uh, delivery side of things, the customer service side of things I have to take care of. The website I built on Shopify, which I'd used in the, the past for a previous project. So, yeah, it was really driven by my love for cars and and also passion for marketing and uh, and things like that. And just I was just fascinated because in my day job, I've worked with hundreds of different online retailers. And I've always wondered why do some of them really like start to grow fast over time? why do some not? And I thought, well, if you're passionate about the subject matter of what you're selling, even if it's really tough, like getting the business off the ground, you it was not a problem it's it's still enjoyable. so um, so, so so that was that was kind of um so that was sort of lockdown. so I was sort of helping out with the driving the the courier vans and also trying to start the business at the same time. Um, And there was loads to it, and and it's called limited 100 because each image is limited to 100 units per image ever. Okay. And that's regardless of print format. So if we sell one, we, we do everything from small or A3 size all the way up to acrylic glass, which can be up to five meters wide. Done a couple of wow. projects like that, one in the south of France, and one uh, a dealership in Kensington in London called Heritage Classic. Obviously, would love to do more projects like that, but our bread and butter business, the core of our business, is direct to consumer orders. So people buying for for birthdays, and they might want to uh, do up their office, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's and it, it's all made by hand, and I think um, that's what I'm trying to really get across is that. One of our framed prints might take anywhere from um, a couple of hours to half a day to even an entire day for up to two staff to make, um, two members of staff. So it's, it's quite an, in, um, we've, we've done a video as well, uh, a couple of videos of the production process, everything from one of our videos is a Porsche Carrera GT we shot two years ago. It's everything from the initial photo shoot to the hours and hours of editing, up to 30 hours for some of our photos go through editing, and then the, uh, the production process. And I think with, with Limited 100, it's not just you're not just buying the, the quality of artwork, it's the curation as well. So that's what I pride myself on, is finding images that I know are, are right for my customers. Um, we've got approaching 300 different customers around the world. Um, most of them are UK and USA. Uh, we've got a growing number of customers in Australia, New Zealand, and we've had also quite a few orders from places like uh, Thailand, Japan, uh, throughout Europe. So it, it's it's really, um, yeah, it's growing quite organically. And what, what we've found is we have lots of customers that order, like make repeat orders. So we've got a handful of customers that have ordered eight different prints. You know, they've spent quite a lot, so they they obviously really like the product and uh, trust pilot reviews we've got like 66 reviews now and every single one's five star so we're definitely doing something right and i think it's i think people like the the fact that sometimes i might ring the customer to check if they're happy with the order and they get a nice email to say you know it's now in production and it's that i've sort of looked at every stage of the customer journey to make sure that there aren't any gaps in service quality and uh yeah and we've found that people the, the people that do Buy our art. They tend to like anything from Aston Martins to Porsche to motorbikes to Lamborghinis, Um, and and we've also seen a rise in sort of young professionals buying our products as well. So aspirational young professionals who buy it as a maybe something to look at as a goal or something, or um, and then we have (laughs) a lot of car collectors buy our images as well. And in terms of print formats, it's anywhere from print only if they want to frame themselves. Uh, We ship it in a tube, a reinforced tube. And then we do framed, which is natural wood or pole core, depending on their requirements, canvas, aluminum composite, and also acrylic glass for the really large projects. But that tends to be anywhere from sort of two meters width all the way up to five meters width.
0: You know, I learned about your site. I believe I originally saw an image by Paul Ward. It was a 65 Porsche uh, 911 Paul Smith car, and it was uh, painted with stripes. And then I ran across the Lamborghini Miura, Technicolor stripes, but that that green car you're talking about, the Mura in the uh, Verde Scandal, I believe, is what they call that. The lime green color is spectacular. So you've created true art out of photography, which I think photography, with the onset of the mobile camera, has become kind of watered down in a way. But the works of art that are on this website, uh, listeners, you got to go check it out. Limited. 100 uh, yeah they're absolutely spectacular when you started this and as you've worked with so many wonderful artists have you been um, affected by uh, or highly influenced by maybe a person that has helped drive you forward on creating this business an influential person or a mentor um,
1: I think the the most sort of influential person that I've worked with starting the business was actually Paul Ward who's the um, sort of founding photographer so the first photographer I worked with and he's he's provided so much feedback uh, during the sort of early stages of, of the business. He helps out with creating things like print-ready files and things like that for the business. So he is an inter- integral part of the business. And also, as we've had new artists join, they've provided really valuable feedback as well. But yeah, Paul's helped with everything. I mean, um, just little hints here and there, little tweaks to the website. We've worked very closely together. Uh, so I owe Paul a lot, really. And you know, the amount of time he's given me, like when the business was. Wasn't really going very anywhere in sort of the first year, um, and then it sort of year two it started to snowball, and um, and it's not just the, it's the uh, you know, tweaks to the website; it's also we've gone to events together, and um, we've, I've helped him with, with photo shoots. He's come with me on photo shoots as well. We've done video shoots. so We shot an Aston Martin DB6 in the Mendip Hills near Bristol in the UK. That was the first video we did to really capture the, the end-to-end journey of photo shoot to final product of a framed print on on the client's uh, in, the, in the in his garage. So he's really helped with with lots of different things. Uh, so I'd say yeah, Paul has uh, been Paul Ward, um, who's an award-winning automotive photographer based in Birmingham. Um, he's definitely been the sort of biggest help in terms of growing the business and getting it established
0: his shooting is wonderful but but all your images i see are highly curated because uh everything is just spectacular in growing this business and you mentioned this uh just recently here the first year was a challenge was that what was that big challenge and what did you learn from that as you had a breakaway and moved uh forward and faster in this past
1: year The first challenge was I got really, really excited about, right, let's build this website, get all the products on the site. And I I thought, right, as soon as this goes live, we're going to start seeing sales left, right and centre. And it was, it doesn't quite work like that. It's almost like once you've built a business, you're now at the foot of the mountain, you've built the mountain, but now you're at the foot of the mountain and you've got to start climbing. Whereas a lot of people seem to be under the illusion that once you've built the business, orders will start flowing in. And I'm I'm a hell of a, a realist. I work in um, digital marketing, so I know it's it's a, especially in SEO, it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you want to get found on Google and grow your social media presence, that can take years as well. So I, it's about being realistic. Um but yeah, we did start to see orders come through uh, in the second month. There was one chatbot, three push images in the first month, and then the second month it picked up, and we had a few Aston Martin orders and. Uh, like Bond cars, we did a partnership with uh, James Bond Lifestyle, which is the world's biggest unofficial Bond fan site. Um, so we've had quite a lot of sales of that. And then over time, as we've sort of diversified the product range, we get more of a, a diverse range of of orders. So things like Subs to Lamborghinis to like vintage cars and things like classic race cars, like BRMs and those, those kind of things. So. I'd say yeah. The, the challenge was more a realignment of expectations because it's easy to get overexcited and say, "Oh, we've you know we've got these great products. Mm-hmm. Our customers love what we do," but that doesn't mean everyone's going to care about that. Yeah, and it, so it was about being being realistic, really, and um, that was it, really. Yeah.
0: What would you say, and being a marketer, I'm sure you've got some wonderful insights on this, for somebody listening out there that's in the same boat, they've created a wonderful idea, brand, and then there, it's like that old adage from the movie, if you build it, they will come. Not always. Uh, you need to make sure that they know you even exist. What would you say are some of the tips or ideas you would share with people out there that can help push their brand forward?
1: I think uh, in marketing, Theory There's loads of different stages of the customer journey, so there's everything from awareness to consideration to evaluation to purchase, loyalty, and repeat custom. And really, you need to be doing something at every stage of the customer journey. Um, so awareness could be something like this podcast, even though this is the first one I've ever done. I kicked myself, I probably should have done more in the past but th- this is you know it's obviously a great opportunity well you launched in the right
0: place uh, Simon.
1: Exca- so. yeah exactly yeah and um start as you mean to go on and and also i, I suppose uh, pr did epr digital pr is quite good as well so if you get into christmas gift guides and um also uh, trying to become sort of a voice of authority in your space so that's something i'm working on at the minute is let's say the bbc did a, a story about the uk british manufacturing sector i would love to be that person they go to for their story and but that's a really hard thing to achieve that's about developing relationships with uh, with journalists and that kind of thing uh, yeah. so yeah th- so there's things like that that you can do to drive awareness and then things like um evaluation and consideration then there's your reviews there's things like remarketing on social media which is a really hard thing to get right i've tried paid social media It's extremely hard to get off the ground. So I'm still kind of in the experimentation stage for that. Um, But then organic is kind of the way forward. And I think the, the biggest thing to aim for, the most important thing to aim for is make sure you're aware of the way your target customers want to find a product like yours and make sure you're there when they're looking.
0: Yeah, you've hit, I, I think the biggest golden nugget you dropped there was taking care of the customer throughout the entire process. I I have an example and I won't name the company because I don't want to disparage them, but I found this company, I think it was on Instagram. It's a local company here where I live, and I loved their product. I went, oh my gosh, the website was great, the products look super high quality, super cool. And I went online, placed some orders, and silence. And I waited and like or don't they even send a response that says I placed the order? So waited a day or so, reached out to them, silence. Uh, tried calling them, couldn't find a phone number. It was just, what's going on? And then finally, a week later, they said, uh, we're so sorry, the product you ordered is on back order." Oh. <laughs> okay, what does that mean exactly? I, I understand the word back order. I worked in the catalog business for 25 years, but it, it, the whole experience was just dismal. And when I finally got a person... They didn't have an answer. I mean, so to this day, I, I never bought, never got the products I bought. In fact, they even took my money, took me forever to get it back. I'm like, you can't take the money before you ship. At least in the United States, there's a law about that. Oh, there is? So um, yeah. And to this day, I see them advertising and I want so much to buy their products because it's so cool, but I will not do it. So you're right. You've got to this day and age, take care of people from the beginning to the end, and then follow up and stay their friend. I can't tell you how many companies I bought from, and I never hear from them again. I'm like, guys, this isn't hard. You have my email yeah. address. <laughs> you have my phone number. Reach out to me and tell me what's new. So a, a lot of young companies, small companies don't get it. The big guys do, and they almost overdo it. If you think of Amazon as the big elephant in the room, or the gorilla, or yeah. the t- tons <laughs> of gorillas. But, but they get it, and why do people keep going back? Even if they... Maybe aren't 100% happy. Uh, That's why they survive. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's oh so important. You know, I want to talk about you and cars because, as I said, you've been a car person since an enthusiast since you were born. Is there one special car that you've had in your life that really stands out? And if so, share a little story about that ride.
1: I've always liked to tick boxes with cars so i've owned quite a wide variety of cars all the way from a saxo vts uh, to a mark one focus i've had a lexus ls 400 i had an e60 m5 v10 for a bit last year i'm currently driving a toyota iq because i'm trying to live a bit more economically or what a one call it the one one liter wonder okay (laughs) but i'd say out of all the cars i've owned i I went through a phase of owning quite highly tuned Saabs, and I had a Mm. Saab 9000, it was a 96 model, about 220,000 miles, and I bought it off a, uh, it was an ongoing, very famous project thread car on the UK Saabs Forum called Pharaoh's 9000, and it uh, it had a GT30 Garrett Turbo 3071R, um, it had um, forged internals. I mean, the engine's extremely strong anyway, the B234 engine. And uh, it had so many, uh, it had a custom inlet manifold. It was bored out to, I think, 2.4 litres from 2.3. Um, it had a differential, a quaff differential in it, and loads of Abbott Racing parts, who were a famous sub tuner in the UK. And it was making a round. 480 horsepower
0: oh my gosh wow
1: and it only weighed 1300 kilos and it was front wheel drive and it had um bill stein suspension and it was just amazing i mean i I basically swapped my i had a saab 95 before that with a hybrid turbo that was 350 horsepower so i went from that to something even even faster and um it was great but it would wheel spin up to about 130 miles an hour in the wet uh, obviously, on a private track, and from a, I think with it being front wheel drive, there isn't much drivetrain loss compared to something that's rear wheel drive or four wheel drive. So from a roll, once you got that thing into sort of second and third gear, it would go from a hundred to two hundred kilometers an hour about as quickly as a Ferrari F four thirty, about eight seconds. So it was, it looked like a granddad car, but it went. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. But above sort of a hundred and Thirty, it would start to rattle a bit. Like if you floored it in first gear, that would be a lot of load on the gearbox. You could quite easily shred the gearbox. So you had to kind of coax it off the line. But it was just such an adventure because it was the it was the first car I'd had that had real like that had massive performance, um, and and I was just in awe of it. It died on me after about a month of ragging it round, and I ended up giving it back to the guy before, and he broke it for parts, and I think he did quite well breaking it for parts because it had so many I think someone must have spent north of thirty thousand pounds building this project it was it was it was an amazing machine and I think if I ever win the lottery, <laughs> I want to rebuild that sort of 9,000 and um, um, but it certainly won't be a daily driver because it was it was um, yeah it was quite hard riding and but it was just a real like mix of juxtaposition. it was just a really comfy um like big leather seats, but it also had this obscene amount of power. And it was really raw as well, the turbo and the, the inlet manifold. The engine note was quite aggressive. Yeah, so it was, it was amazing. I mean, if you go on YouTube and type in 480 brake horsepower Saab so 9000, you might find a video that I did, that I made, and uh, I was having a bit of fun in it before it died on me. So um, <laughs> I'm a PA.
0: Well, uh A wolf in sheep's clothing, that car was a DiGiario design along with uh, Bjorn of all. And yeah, it was an interesting car. What a hidden beast that you you had there, Uh, which begs me to ask this next question, which I think I'm going to get an interesting answer from you. I'm a bit of a car psychologist here at Cars. Yeah. And if you were reincarnated, not what you want to be, though, but reincarnated as a car, your personality as a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: I've been thinking about this just before this call so um I think I'd be a, a slightly used and abused Bentley Arnage tea. <laughs> so because I'm quite I'm quite okay. laid back and I, I can get a move on if I need to but I'm, I normally just sort of waft around in life so I, think, <laughs> so I think probably something like that so yeah it'd be like a rough and ready uh Bentley Arnage tea that you can pick up now for about £15,000 uh, in the UK, so, um, so yeah, no, not unobtainable, uh, quite real world, um, but yeah, and, that, and those cars have always fascinated me as well, so um, that's something I'd love to have on the drive at some point.
0: Big, uh, big beastly luxury, yeah. <laughs> but maybe with a lot of repair yeah. <laughs> issues from time definitely, to time. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that, but yeah, that definitely fits with me. Okay,
0: I like the way you answered that. That's pretty cool. You know, we love books here. Is there a great book that you could share? There's a
1: few actually. So, um, I think my okay. favorite book of all time is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Yeah, and um that that was great and that kind of made me realize my dad's a financial advisor and he's really good with, with people. He's just a really likable person and and what what it taught me was sort of how he works and it's it's kind of um don't just pretend to be interested in people. Be get interested in their affairs because they will naturally like you. So it's almost like there's not that you've in life be real. Don't don't put up any pretences. And that's what I realised. It's not just so that that was one book, and then another one, uh, Atomic Habits. Oh yes, that's brilliant because it taught me that even if you're having a real you know tough time in life or or with your business, just try and do one little thing a day. So for me, it might be just posting on Instagram or adding a product to the website or sending out an email campaign, even if I really can't be asked because something's going on. Um, so that is just that little thing. And then those uh, efforts will compound over time. And also there's a, a linked habit um, section in that book that talks about, let's say you want to get into running um, don't make running five kilometers the goal the daily goal or weekly goal, make putting your running shoes on the goal, because once you put your running <laughs> shoes on, yeah. it's a lot easier to do the, the final task or get yourself to the gym. Um, I should actually practice what I preach. I haven't recently, but yeah, get yourself to the gym and then it'll be a hell of a lot easier once you're there. So don't make go doing all your workouts. The goal Make getting to that job, the goal.
0: Yeah. That book's by uh, James clear, I believe. Right.
1: That's the one. And then the, the other, the third book is, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It just talked about the yep. um, importance of getting rid of liabilities and um, looking at l- looking at sort of creating anything that takes money out of your pocket is a liability. Anything that puts money in is a, is an asset. And I just, after reading that, I quickly sold my uh, E60 M5. And that's kind of why I've got a, I'm living a bit more frugally now because I decided, <laughs> and also I want to do a lot more traveling. I can't afford to travel and have, fancy cars you know and do other things i've got to pick one at the moment that's just the stage i'm at in life financially so um so that so it just taught me that really and sort of um and yeah a lot of people think oh i wish i'd done that years ago but the best time to start is now with any financial planning or anything
0: yes yeah richard kiyosaki read that book years and years ago he continues to uh uh be that kind of guy although uh, of late he's he's kind of gotten pretty negative about a lot of things. So sometimes I don't really like watching his his videos. But the premise of his book back then is still prevalent today. Uh, one of those books to give every young person in their teens to really start to think about money, how to invest, how to start a business, and all those days. So three awesome books you've recommended with us today. So I'm a bit of an enabler, and in this case, you don't have to worry about the cost because I'm going to pay for everything. I'm going to park any car in the world in your driveway. You can take it anywhere, any kind of tour, drive, rally, whatever, and you can take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us from the past, which could make for a very interesting drive. So what does that ultimate drive look like for you if I'm footing the bill?
1: Um, It would be a McLaren F1. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're not a cheap date, are you? (laughs) It would be a McLaren F1, and there would be probably my two sisters, because they're they're just some of my best friends, and they're very nervous passengers, but I'd love them to experience.
0: (laughs) You make them really nervous in that car. Yeah,
1: I'd love (laughs) love them to experience the uh, the induction roar of a 6.1-litre M-Power V12 yeah, I, I, just, I think some. I, I think there's lots of people out there who, if they got to go in a car like that, like a McLaren F1 or a Gordon Murray T50, something really raw, they'd actually it might ignite a passion in them. So I'd love to see someone become a car enthusiast just off the back of going in a in a car like that because I think it, you need a car like that that's that sort of raw and um terrifying to sort of make people realize Ah, oh, that's why people are into cars so they probably yeah it probably would be actually with my two sisters or my parents or something like that I'd probably <laughs> drive to the Nürburgring then to the south of France and then just have a nice nice lovely meal and relax on the beach I think that'd be, that'd be uh, as long as someone else is looking after the McLaren F1 so I don't need to worry about it.
0: Don't worry, I'll take good care of you. Yeah, th- that uh, that car really, in my mind, has become the modern-day collectible car, um, the same line as the Ferrari GTO has become, uh, just because the value has just skyrocketed on those things. They were expensive to begin with, I get it, but um, I got to visit their facility when they were first making those because I was importing FACOM tools and FACOM was the tool supplier. In fact, they even made oh. a, a unique FACOM toolkit that sit in this little panel on the side of the car that you opened up, kind of akin to the old classic cars like the Bentleys that carried toolboxes on the side, running boards and things. But um, that car has just become magical. I was at the Pebble Beach Concours during Car Week a few days before the start, and this guy pulled up in front of the lodge in a McLaren F1. It was silver. had Colorado oh, it, plates. Like- it was covered in bugs. And he gets out, and I said, did you just drive here from Colorado? And he goes, yeah. And I went, what? Now, my son was with me. He was about nine years old. And he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, oh, go ahead. Crawl in there. And he goes, it's got the seat in the middle. What's going on with that? And so the guy shared with my son, you know, interesting facts. But I'd still take my hat off to that guy to this day, the fact that he drove that car all the way from Colorado, as it should be. And really enjoyed it. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful drive today, Simon. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. I, I love photography. I love art. I love creative creativity. And what you've created with Limited 100 is something you listeners have to go check out. Uh, you can find them very easily at limited100.co.uk. Of course, they're in the UK, but they'll ship images all over the world. So don't worry about that. Before I let you go, could you share some words of inspiration or advice for our listeners?
1: Um, I think it'd be just applying the learnings from the Atomic Habits book so always try and do something each day that sort of advances you towards your goals however small so whether whether you're trying to train for a marathon try just try and put your running shoes on once a day or once every two days focus on the little jobs rather than uh, the big jobs and the big job will the efforts will compound over time and the big job will take care of itself and the same applies for growing businesses and Things like that. Absolutely.
0: Uh, it's a wonderful idea. And yeah, sometimes just, even if you don't go out and run, just put your running shoes on or walk around the house. Uh, it sets your mind into a mode that says, I can do this. It's a comp- It can be accomplished. Uh, it could have to do with healthy eating, um, reading. If you want to get into reading or changing your habits, get off the computers and the social media and open a book. Um, or instead of looking at silly TikTok videos, go to a place like Limited 100 and look at the beautiful imagery that's there i'll put a link to the website on simon's show notes page again the company is limited 100 the website is limited 100 co.uk uh you're gonna love it absolutely simon thanks for being so generous and spending some time with me today you and the mary robin hood gang that you hang out with over <laughs> thank there thank you for the
1: opportunity <laughs> you're,
0: absolutely until you and i talk again my friend i'll see you down the road
1: brilliant thanks mark
0: you're welcome How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem-solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars Yeah! is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice, in bringing scholarships technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today.